Okay, okay, people, we are live. We are back again. Two men up today. The other two can't make it, but the show must go on. It must still continue. So, we are back. It's your boy, Luke Luciano, on the Little Rivals podcast with your boy, co-hosted Abdullah from the Abdullah show. Um, yeah, where, where, where do we begin, Margie? You said uh, you wanted to talk about your team. Uh, touching quickly on the European, uh, the Champions League this week. And the main topic is obviously, uh, La Liga and previewing this weekend's, uh, fixtures. Uh, but yeah, um, I'll let you lead the way in terms of speaking about your team and, and also you wanted to touch upon United as well in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, basically, I just wanted to say just a quick thing, not, not too much into it. Um, it was good to see Chelsea use out on out wingers uh, midweek. I know it was against um, Krasnodar, the uh, I mean, a Russian team, but I feel like it shows what we can do potentially with four at the back end if we actually attack teams with the wingers in place and, and use out on out wingers and, and not put the wrong players in, not pigeonhole players in positions. Then we can actually destroy teams. And and going forward is uh, something last season that we showed that it's not our problem, it's just the defence. So I've always said this, if you put the right men in the right positions, we can destroy teams. And as for United, it, it, look what happens when you use Pogba and Van der Beek in the same team and then the way they played, and especially uh, Rashford coming off the bench, which I think that's the best place for him, because especially against teams that are getting tired towards an end of the game, bring on someone like a Rashford just to finish them off and, and you can see what they did against Leipzig. No, no joke team, top of uh, Bundesliga, a team that is very structured, has has a system of play and Man United destroyed them and they made uh, Upper Mancano looking looking like he, he was like a League One centre-back or something. Then so man true. dusted him. So true. it shows that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't that bad off the wall but he needs to know who his best players are and who his best eleven is because but for both him and Lampard, my issue is that they keep tinkering. And if, they, if they're going to be like um, Tinkerman, uh, Claudio Ranieri, it's not going to work. It's just not yeah. going to work. They're going to need to know what their best eleven is and they're going to have to play their best players. Just like Ever said on Sky, play your best players, play your Pogba's, play your Van der Beek's, play your wingers on the, in, on, on the right positions and stop using these joke men like Daniel James and Mason Mount in positions they shouldn't be in. I agree with you. I, I think for me, I wanted to, I want to touch upon United. I, I don't think Oli is the best person for the position, but I think for what he stumbled upon in terms of the formation, because really and truly that's a formation that he should have played with from the very beginning. You don't have great wingers. Okay. You've got Jesse Lingard, who's not a winger. He, he, he plays better in a camp position. One matters not a winger. He, he, his natural position is can. Daniel James isn't ready for that big sort of top six, top four time for him to stamp his mark. It, it's too early for him um, in terms of his career. Like I said um, in, the, in the last podcast on episode six, I believe that Daniel James needs to pe- be a part of a setup where he will be coached properly a team like uh, Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool or Pep Guardiola for Man City he will do wonders for them because 
Daniel James is the type of player who is a, a young prospect where Klopp and Guardiola likes to mould and build into their own image. And Oli isn't that type of person to coach um, a good player. So for me, Daniel James is in the wrong team. Now, <clears throat> those are three players that play on the wing but aren't good enough. So what should you do as a manager? You start thinking about what formation to play to try and suit your style, to try and suit every player that you have. The diamond system is 100% the system that he should have played with from the very beginning. Especially if you've got guys like Van der Beek, Fernandez, and Pogba who like to play a, a, some sort of similar role. If you play a diamond, you can incorporate at least two out of the three players and you can keep essentially, you know, the two out of three players or maybe all of them are happy because they're playing in their natural position. Then you can start thinking about utilising two strikers. Fergie used to utilise two strikers all the time in his reign. That's what made him so dominant. So I don't get why he's not incorporating that and playing Rashford and Martial up front or Rashford and Greenwood or Martial and Greenwood. You know, that there, the, the system that he played against Leipzig was just... It took me by surprise, and I know I was with Alan at the time, and it took him by surprise. We didn't expect him to play that sort of system. And for it to work, as you said, he dismantled um, Leipzig, a team that was very structured, um, had a lot of um, positive reviews from last season. Everyone was going on about how great the team was, and the team was great. I watched them in their campaign. They were brilliant. Timo Werner was just sensational. And Julian Nagelsmann put himself up there as, you know, one of the young prospect managers that, you know, certain teams need to be aware of. And also start thinking, you know, if I do lose a manager, maybe Nagelsmann might be good in terms of being on, on, on top of their, their wish list. So, you know, to, um, for only to, to do that, you know, I, I have to, I have to commend him for that. Um, but again, as you said, is he needs to know his team. You know, that's a manager. You need to know your team. You need to know your first eleven. And if you're still tinkering with the team and you still don't know your first eleven, then number one, that's worrying for a manager because you should know. And number two, it doesn't build confidence and um, continuity as well because you need that in terms of trying to challenge for the top four. You need a solid first eleven that you trust and then you know you can take one player out and put another player in you know this is the Premier League this isn't you know the French League you know the Premier League one bad decision can can turn from a top four a drop to a top six top eight you know so I think Oli definitely needs to know his team and in regards to your team as well I agree with you we've always said Chelsea need to play their wingers Mason Mount's not a winger he's a can um, Havertz, Kai Havertz is not a winger, he's a cam. So even Hakim Zayic isn't a winger, he's a cam, but you know, he's effective on that right anyway. So I guess I give him that. But yeah, your team needs to start utilizing wingers. And I'm hoping that Lampard isn't just doing this in terms of, say, like a, a temporary fix to, to get results. I hope he perseveres with it because. At the end of the day, if you guys do want to challenge and make top four trophies, 
then you have to start utilizing the place that you have in Pulisic and consider Doi and Zayic and start utilizing that width more than just playing centrally all the time. So um so yeah, no, I agree with you. Um in terms of my team, there isn't really much to, to discuss about my team. Um it it was an okay match against Ajax. I wouldn't say it was the greatest. Um it was a good highlight for certain youngsters in the, in the Ajax team. I'm a huge fan of Graven Birch. If people don't know who Graven Birch is, then have a look at that kid. Um, he's the next bright star to come out of that Ajax team. And I do believe someone will snap him up in the summer next year because he is that good. But in terms of my team... It was her own goal for the first goal. And then the second goal, obviously, Jota scored. Um, I'm happy that he's continuing on his form right now. Again, um, the man then laughed at me when I said Jota was going to have a huge impact and he was going to provide stiff competition to Mane, or just the wingers in general. And, you know, look what he's doing now. He scored again. Um, so it just goes to show you that Jota was someone that we 100% needed in terms of being a goal threat, um, a, a huge upgrade from um, Origi and Shakiri. I do love Shakiri, but, you know, he's not always going to provide that consistency all the time. So, you know, someone like Jota is definitely going to be crucial um, leading up to the difficult periods um, in, say, December and January. Um, and then, obviously, the the, um, the injury to Fabino. Um, I found out that it's, it's not that serious and he could be back um, after the international break, which is good because um, I believe... I believe we might be facing Man City after the international break. So that's going to be... He's going to be needed. Um, during that time, so um, so yeah, again another another decisive injury to our centre back. He's not a centre back, but we see he's playing that position. So another area that's being hit again. Um, so I'm hoping by January, the club, not so much club, but the club that I owners aren't going to be negligent to that position. They're not going to neglect that position and they're going to go out and sign someone. I hope they do sign someone because we do need another centre-back. Um, but yeah, there's nothing really to rave home about in terms of my team. Um, I'm happy with the points again. Another step closer to leading the top spot for the Champions League. And um, a good 2-0 uh, victory, good clean sheet. Uh, that's all that I can ask for. Um, so yeah, uh, job well done. I should, I should say. But yeah, moving on to uh, La Liga. Um, this one I wanted to speak about um, after the Premier League one. So in episode two, not episode two, in episode three, I wanted us to speak about it. But obviously, you know, certain things popped up and it changed the itinerary, which is fine. These things happen. The reason why I wanted to speak about La Liga is because during that time where I wanted to discuss La Liga with the boys, it was the time where Lionel Messi was going through his his issues. Obviously, he's decided to stay now, but certain things have still happened, such as um, El Clasico 
El Clasico happened, Barcelona lost, Zidane won. Um, do we care about El Clasico now? Now that Ronaldo's left, do we care about it? Um, not only that, you know, there's the conundrum of um, the signings that Barcelona has made throughout this season, you know, did it make sense? Is Real Madrid going to retain a title? Um, Atletico Madrid is still having a midlife crisis again. They're, they're up and down start to the season. Is Simeone's time done? You know? Um, and then obviously there's the situation with um, Valencia. Valencia is going through a crisis of themselves. You know, their owner doesn't know how to run a football club. Sold majority of their star players. They ended up going to Villarreal, and you know, apparently their manager, who is uh, Javier Garcia, I believe, um, threatened to leave, and he was supposed to leave, but he ended up staying because if he had left, then the club wouldn't have paid him for, um, you know, if you get sacked, you get paid um, bonuses. So obviously they wouldn't have paid him, so he had to obviously stay. But his main guys have all gone, so how is he going to play well this season? So, so much has generally happened. Um, and yeah, I think now is the perfect time to discuss the league. So, we will get into that. So, the first question is obviously, is is time up for Diego, Diego Simeone? What's, what's your thoughts, Margie? Is time up for him? Um... I would say yes. Um, <coughs> for me, uh, looking at Atletico Madrid right now, it's a lot of players that have been there for years. So it's a kind of thing in which, when you think about it, it's like they've got a lot of players that are coming towards the end of their their career and then they've got some youngsters. But I feel like this pragmatic style that he plays isn't really beneficial to some of the young ballers that they brought in, like a Jao Felix and players of that nature. I feel like I feel like he just needs to move on. Sometimes a manager needs to know when to leave. I mean Yeah. I feel like he hasn't he hasn't really been given enough money to to change a team enough for it to be refreshing in that state. And even like a baller like Lamar who went there, he he was seen as one of top prospect and you haven't heard of him since. So I feel like Atletico Madrid need a fresh start. They they bought in Suarez as a as a, like a panic extra buy, you know, a, a quick fix to their issues. But if they want to compete with Real Madrid and Barcelona, they need to they need to bring in someone new. I feel, I feel even for Diego Simeone, his career, I feel like he needs to move to another league, start get a new challenge, get a new lease of life. Certain times you just got to move on. Like that's why these managers like Pep, Jose, you know. Even Klopp himself, they don't stay in a club for too long. I don't. I think. I think football, the way football nowadays is, once you when, with modern day players, if they hear the same thing over and over again for like five to ten years, they start. They start getting numb to it. They start getting lazy. They start not listening anymore. Like they're like, wait, we've done this for this long. We haven't won anything. Why are you telling me this? Why am I listening to you still? And then they start doing their own thing. And then at that point, once you lose the players. Especially in the modern day game, which is um, a thing that we're going to talk later on when we get into the Messi situation, is a kind of thing where player power is a big thing in modern day football. And with that, 
managers have to move on quick to a new because I feel like right now his his reputation is getting is getting ruined by the performances and by the lack of from his players and his team. And I I think for both the club and him, they just need an amicable like release from each other. Thank you for the job you've done, Diego, but see we need you to move on. We need a, a new younger manager that will bring in fresh new ideas, bring a new backroom staff. Maybe even himself. Maybe he's got the same people around him. Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he needs a new assistant manager. Maybe he needs to freshen up in backroom staff. Maybe that might help. Maybe that might be something that he could look into. But you never know. These managers are very stubborn. Sometimes they always want to keep the same people yeah. under them, and that's and that's the thing that I feel. The one man who never did that was Alex Ferguson. If you looked at his time. He always had a different assistant manager. He was never the, the 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 type of guy to coach. He managed. He brought in like new people to freshen up the squad. He always knew when when to make the changes, and you could see even even if they had a drought period, they would come back and win again. And I feel like the modern day manager doesn't know how to do that. I think yeah. they're too stubborn with their 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 backroom. You need to know that sometimes you need to change up your assistants. You need to bring in new coaches. You need to bring in fresh ideas. And I feel like that's a, a problem with a lot of teams, and and you can see it by the way a lot of top top teams are playing with with recognised managers, and that's uh, the biggest issue I think for Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I agree. I think um, with uh, with Klopp, I remember when when um, Klopp first arrived, and he said. Um, he said he doesn't like to stay at a club longer than seven years. I think he was at Mainz for like five, five, seven years. I think he was at Dortmund for seven years. And his latest contract at Liverpool is will be for seven years. So I know, and this is, I believe this is his fifth year with us, but I know he's come out and said he doesn't like to stay at a club for too long because his style of football, for one, is quite intense. And for players to keep up that same sort of fitness, that same sort of high-level intensity is too much pressure for the body. The human body can only do so much. So for him... For players to listen to the same thing all the time, eventually it was difficult, which is why they peaked so high when they won back-to-back Bundesliga and they got to the Champions League final. Then after that, obviously, players started to get sold, which he knew the score anyway, and he's obviously said he knew that players will be sold. When his players got sold, he tried to bring in people to replace them, and obviously it wasn't the right fit. But, you know, he's he's outlined and said, you know what, you know, you have to know when the time is right for you to go. Pep Guardiola also said the exact same thing. <laughs> Pep Guardiola came out and said, you know, he doesn't like to stay, you know, in a team, managing a team for so long because, again, his ideas, just like Klopp, his ideas in terms of passing football, can be so repetitive that teams get so used to it to the point where, you know, it becomes boring. It becomes a chore. 
that passing football is good, it's nice, everybody loves it, but once you continuously do it all the time, it gets repetitive. And for him, he knew that he eventually had to leave as well. He left Barcelona. He'd done all that he could at Barcelona. He went to Bayern, done all that he could at Bayern. He's come to City. Now we're starting to see the cracks in terms of his style, his play. You know, and again, yeah, you highlighted Sir Alex Ferguson. I wouldn't say Mourinho because Mourinho goes to team comes and goes so you know he has his he wins but he has his outburst so he ends up leaving you know I think Inter Milan was probably the only team where he didn't have an outburst he was successful when he left under his own accord all the other teams he didn't leave under his own accord because he just had he had outbursts with everyone friction so he essentially had to be forced out so I'm not going to put Mourinho in that bracket but Fergie was the master, man. He was the best when it came to freshen things up. You know, when he knew that certain players weren't going to listen to what he was saying, he would bring in a new assistant, as you said, Carlos Quiroz, um, Rene Mullestein, Steve McCarron. You know, these guys came in and just brought in new, fresh ideas. If he knew that his squad you know, was becoming complacent. He would bring in one main, okay, he might bring in three players, but I had three. There would be one main world-class player that would come in and be the key cog to engineer a title push. You know, he was the master, always stayed ahead of the game, the head of everyone else. And that's why, to me, he's the greatest manager of all time. Diego Simeone clearly hasn't, got that memo you know he's he's still playing the same pragmatic style the same dead style you know he hasn't really freshened the team yes he's freshened the team in terms of bringing bare players but the players that he's brought in doesn't really fit his style when you think about it so then you have to start thinking to yourself okay Diego Simeone what style are you trying to implement because you're bringing in flair players, but the style that you play is pragmatic. So you have the flair players, but if you play a pragmatic style, then surely you're going to stifle the flairy players that are in your team. So it's like he's in a cross between playing a, an aggressive, pragmatic style, but playing a flair type of football, it's just not working for him. And I agree, I feel like the players the players do respect him because he used to play for the team. But I feel like he's taken the club as far as he could. He won the league which he wasn't expected to at that time. You know, he took advantage of a of a transitional period of Madrid and Barcelona. He won the league and then he took them to the Champions League final, which I personally thought they were gonna win. That was one of the best Champions League finals. He hasn't been able to replicate that same form. And I feel like for me, he 100%, I agree with you, he does need to have a mutual agreement with the board and be like, you know what, I've taken a car as far as I could, just like Klopp did, and be like, I need to take a break and walk away. I think, personally, I've always said before Liverpool signed Klopp, I said I wanted Diego Simeone because I think he, he's an exceptional manager regardless of 
you know, the inconsistency right now. He's a, he's a, an exceptional manager. He knows how to, to play that defensive game. He sets up his team in a defensive way. Um, he knows how to shut up shop, you know, play back fours, twos or back fours. You know, the midfield's always strong. Defense is always strong. You know, the attackers know what they do. They put in a job. They're very aggressive. They're in your face. They win the ball high up. Amazing. You know, he's the type of manager that I wanted at Liverpool. And he's the type of manager that I thought, you know, he probably would suit someone like your team. You know, I think he would, if you guys didn't sign Lampard, he would have been good for your team. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. But I 100% I agree, you know, he needs to go and you never know. If he was to go, I wouldn't mind seeing a clock going to to Atletico Madrid, you know, because Klopp is someone that goes for those sort of underdog type teams and they already play that aggressive type football. So, you know, it would be good to see someone like Klopp go to Atletico Madrid, you know. Put his foot in 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 the league. See what he does down there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it'd be the perfect it'd be the perfect time for him to go. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I think he'd be perfect there. But um, but yeah, you know, is what is maybe a fellow Argentine, Rich or Pochettino could take over from him and do one. I, I, I feel like I feel like he has Man United in his head because he would have got a job by now. So. Yeah, I think so as well, but I don't know, man. Oli seems to be, when when the chips are down, he, out of nowhere, he just seems to just pull it out of the bag. I don't know yeah, how man. he does it, man. It's like... Oh, no. Rashford gets the, the, the like, that booster, you know. My man takes something, and he gets that booster for the couple games. <laughs> Starts uh, wrapping up, man. It's like they know that he's going to get the sack, so they do a team on the uh, lads, let's keep him this time. And they play and I right, when the next few yeah, games man. when the dust is settled, let's play shit again. Yeah, exactly. They want vibes. I've seen it. They want yeah. the vibes. That's <laughs> true, bro. But speaking of fellow Italian, Messi, Lino Messi, had one of the most controversial summers. Um, he took the he took the limelight, um, and you know what? I had a conversation with you about it. I had a conversation with Alan. And I said he's not leaving. Um, I said he's not leaving just because of the simple fact this isn't the first time that he's done this. He's done this two other times prior, which had led to a renewal of the contract. I knew they wouldn't gonna, they wasn't going to renew his contract anyway this time because I know that they're struggling financially. So in terms of money-wise, I knew that that was never going to be an issue or, or that was going to be an issue. But I knew he wouldn't leave just from the simple fact that Messi owes Barcelona his life. If it wasn't for Barcelona, he would not be in football right now. He spent three decades at Barcelona. You are not going to leave that club after such a controversial summer. You're not going to leave in that state, in that way. You're not. Because that means that your reputation will be tainted. So, I knew he was never going to leave. I knew he wouldn't. But, do I believe he's going to leave next season, though? Maybe. But my question is, to you as well, 
you know, where will he go? Because personally, for me, I think he's at the age where I believe he's 34 now. I believe he's at the age where it's a bit too late for him to come to the Premier League, especially when he's so fast-paced and so physical. Messi is a system player, just like someone like a Firmino, a system player. He needs to be a part of the team that plays to him. And maybe Man City is that team. But he has to take into consideration that he's playing in a new league where he's slightly struggled against English teams in terms of going to their ground, not in New Camp. New Camp League, he'll rip English teams. But when it comes to coming to England, he does struggle. So putting that into, into effect, his age as well, having to get used to the British style of play where it's so physical, you're up against a much more taller and quicker centre-backs. And it's much more physical league. Will he be able to replicate the exact same form? Because keep in mind, he's not having a good season right now. And his numbers are starting to diminish. So... If he comes to the Premier League, will he be able to replicate that? Personally, I don't think he can. But I'd like to know what your opinion is on the matter. Um, for me, I think wherever club he goes to, he'll be successful at. Because the one thing you got to think about when it comes to Messi or even like a Ronaldo is they've got name value. So a player coming up against them, they're going to fear him. So, you know, normally when you, you have a player, you cut him up against him, you, you, you're, you're, t- you're touch tight with him. But because he's messy, you know what he can do. You're going to give him that 10 yards of respect. And when teams do that, he'll punish them. For me, um, there's only probably two or three teams that I would have seen him go to that would have made sense. Even like, but as a football fan, I wanted him to leave. Um, you know, because it's different, isn't it? You want to see Messi in new leagues. You want to see Messi try different things. And the three teams for me was one, go Juventus, play alongside Ronaldo. You know, you know, one last that hurrah. Been a dream. Yeah. That would have been something. That would have been something magical to see. I think that would have been box office. Yeah. Uh, the other is PSG. You know, be that 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 hope that brings them the Champions League finally. True. Then he gets to play with Neymar as well. True. Neymar uh, plays with the new, the up and coming Mbappe as well. Yeah. That trio would be deadly. I don't think any team would be able to cope with that. True. And then finally, obviously, coming back to Pep, that city. For me, obviously, the going to City would be his hardest task because the Premier League is a league that, when it comes to a fancy ball, that they like to to kick a man down. But the way modern football is, he will just get a lot of penalties. The way the refereeing is now. Even if they touch him, because of his name alone and because of what people think of him, they're, they're gonna want to protect him. So they might even just put, they might even put the messy rule out. You get too close, even maybe even <sighs> breathing him too closely, <laughs> then you, you might get a card. So I feel like in the modern day Premier League game, he can make it. Like if it was ten, fifteen years ago, back in the day where you know you could actually crunch a man. Yeah, then that might be a different story. But the way football is now, he would he he'd get fouled a lot like a Zaha or something. But I still think he'd be successful because the one thing he would do is he would he would move defenses around. 
he doesn't have to be the main man. He can be an assist man. He, especially with a team like Man City, imagine like Aguero, De Bruyne, them man having more space because everyone's fearing Messi. Two, three a man are around Messi, all he, and he and he knows how to pass. One ball into Aguero, Aguero free with space, banging him in. Like even a Gabriel Jesus with space, he's banging him in. A Sterling with space is banging him in. So I feel like it's not much. He doesn't need to get the numbers when he moves to a club. He, he's just gonna provide a fear factor that. Teams are gonna double him up, triple him up, and and that's gonna cause them more problems in the long run because they're gonna forget about the other great players that a City will have, that a PhD will have, that a Juventus will have. So, you, if you think about it in a football sense, imagine coming up against a Ronaldo Messi combination. Or what are you gonna do? Coming up against Neymar and Mbappe Messi, what are you gonna do? Like, imagine that upgrade on Di Maria. Like, just to just to even think about it. And then, obviously, we'll see your Aguero, De Bruyne, uh, Bernardo Silva, you know. I feel like he would be like an icing on the cake that they already have. They're already a great team. So yeah. him added onto that would be greatness. For me, um, it's not going to happen. I feel like he's going to stay because the one thing he wanted has happened. The president has left. So what's no, going to happen is... He needed to go, man. He was yeah. a joke. Yeah. So... What's gonna happen? You're gonna get a, a, a the next president's gonna be a Messi plus president. He's probably gonna build the team around Messi again. Which for me, uh, if I'm being honest with Barcelona and what they should do, they need to go back to their roots of like um one sec of like La Masia bringing in youth talent. Like for me, they've given they've given Messi too much power. So in a yeah. certain extent, if I was Barcelona, I would let him go because. There's, there should be no way a player has the power to get rid of a president like that or have so much say in who plays, who doesn't for club or country. And it's, and it seems like he does in both. Yeah. And that's just, and his presence alone in Barcelona at the moment is a deterrent. And I feel for the club and him, it's a kind of thing like Simeone. Sometimes you need to get, get rid of a man. That's why Madrid got rid of Ronaldo. He got too big for his boots. And they were like, listen, Ronaldo, you've done great for us. You got us our three Champions Leagues, but you know, you need to move on. And sometimes you gotta do that. No, they didn't get rid of Ronaldo for that reason. No, but, they got rid no, of him because they wasn't prepared to give him the money that Messi's on. Yeah, but obviously, but also because he got a bit arrogant, he was too big for his boots as well. It's it's one of the factors. I mean, it's the same. It, like think about Barcelona in the past when they got rid of Ronaldinho in order to bring in Messi, kind of thing. Sometimes you need to bring to get rid of the old man to bring in the new man. In, in an essence, because you're you're stifling. The, the introduction of the newest talents in in essence there's there's a there's a certain point in which you've got to say okay Messi it's time for you to you know try something new and I think it, it happens that with every player like once you get to a certain age and you've been at a club for so long you need you need new that's why Barcelona aren't the same feared Barcelona they once was because it's a, a past to Messi see what he does thing like for them right now and yeah. I think that shouldn't be the case. So, in order to to for uh, Barcelona's uh, changes to uplift, is kind of thing where they need to, you know, change it around. So, so imagine going into a game and and you against Barcelona, you don't see Messi on the list, but you see Newman, and you're thinking, hmm, what they're gonna do? And then that's that's what happens. It's like when a championship team comes up to the Premier League and they've got these players that you don't really know about because you're not watching the championship too tough, and they surprise you. And then they hit you with that. It's the same thing. That's why, 
when these men came from La Masia, uh, originally the original Barcelona, you know, youth talent team, that's how they were so great because no one really talked to them about too much. And then once they came up, they just dominated. And I feel like um, Barcelona's statement is more than a club, but they've been acting like a they've been acting like a Madrid more than a Barcelona in recent years yeah, with their yeah. signings and stuff. For sure. And, and Messi's been a part of that problem. And sometimes you've got to get rid of that problem, even if it is a Lionel Messi. Yeah, I think I think for me, I think I think if he was to leave, first of all, I wouldn't want him to leave anyway because his identity is Barcelona anyway. Barcelona is him. And it would be weird to see him a part of a different team. If he was to go to America or go back home to Argentina, then that's fine. Because a lot of um, guys like him go to America anyway. But if he was to try to go to, say, the Premier League or the French League or Italian League, I just can't envision that. But I think for me, if he, him being there is stifling Antoine Griezmann because they both play the exact same role and we're not seeing the best out of Antoine Griezmann anymore. So I think for me, if uh, Messi was to go, then we can start seeing the best of Griezmann. And to be honest with you, Griezmann is a few years younger than him. You bought him for a considerable large, large sum of money. So it's about getting the best out of Griezmann. And right now, just like, as you mentioned, Ronaldinho, Messi is now the, the Ronaldinho stifling the Griezmann. So for me, Yes, it is the right time for Messi to go in that sense because we can start seeing certain prospects who are there who like to play the similar role thrive. So Griezmann will start to thrive. You know, Ansu Fati is thriving right now, but we might see a bit more of him because of it. Usman Dembele is now starting to show the sorts of performances that we know him to. But will he show it more now that Messi's gone? He might. So, for me, him going just opens up a lot more opportunity for players that are already there. Um, as I said, would I like him to go? No, because he is the foundation, the fabric of Barcelona. But if do I want him to go for the sake of the players that are there so that we can start seeing certain players perform? Then yeah, 100%. I think where Barcelona has failed, not just this season, but just in general, is just their recruitment has been shocking. You know, I don't understand a team that would let go of a 23-year-old mesmerizing midfielder in Arthur to swap for Milan Pjanic. You know, I love Pjanic. Always rated him when he was at AS Roma. Four years of a fantastic baller. Still is a fantastic baller. But it doesn't make sense that he's at Barcelona. It doesn't. Especially when you got, got rid of Arthur, who was the future of that Barcelona midfield. You know, <clears throat> they brought in Antoine Griezmann. I don't believe that transfer made sense. You know, 
up till this day, I don't understand why he's a part of Barcelona. You know, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, he's there now. So they have to start utilising him the way how he should be utilised and he's not. They got rid of um, Suarez. You know, that didn't make sense to me. That was baffling. You know, why would you get rid of your third top goal scorer in history? You know, there's there's so many other. They got rid of Nelson Saledo, you know, sent him packing to Wolves. And they upgraded him by bringing in a youngster in, from USA. And he, he's not even ready. You know, for me, I envision Barca. If, if Barca was to get rid of certain players, okay, cool, you're going to go out and, and, and bring in players. But for me, I've always associated Barca. If Barca was to ever get rid of players, I've always associated them in going out and getting players between the ages of 19 and 23, South American or Spanish, players that suit their philosophy. And if they can't find that, then, as you rightfully said, they'll go into La Messia, look at who's ready, who's primed to get promoted, and they'll promote them. You know, that's the Barcelona that I know. I don't know this new Barcelona. And it all stems from the president that they that they had. You know, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm glad he's resigned. You know, everyone all knows about the famous Juan Laporte. You know, that president who brought in Pep Guardiola and, you know, had amazing successful years there. You know, everyone knows about him. And now they have the opportunity in bringing in a new president and I heard rumours that the new president that's come in wants Pep Guardiola back. You know, so maybe he might be the new Juan Laporte, you know, and it will be it will be good to see Barcelona back, you know, I'm not a Barcelona fan one bit. You know, I'm not even a Real Madrid fan. Um I like Atletico Madrid, but the only reason why I like Atletico Madrid is because of their manager. I'm a huge fan of Diego Simeone, and I'm a huge fan of the underdog, you know. Um, but in terms of La Liga, there isn't really a favourite team that I like. But with that being said, I would like to see Barcelona back and challenging Real Madrid because I'm tired of the, the, the boring football that's being displayed from Barcelona, the the football that, you know, has no identity right now. You know, they're struggling to find their identity back. You know, and speaking of, of finding their identity, you know, they went and brought in Ronald Koeman that, you know, I thought, you know what? It made sense because he's from the, the era of Johan Cruyff, you know, and he used to play for them, so he knows the Barca way, he knows the philosophy. The matches that I've seen, I can't say whether or not if, you know, I've seen him play or got Barcelona to play that same philosophy. I don't know if it's working for them at the moment, only time will tell. But right now, I believe for me, Ronald Koeman is a temporary fix for the main person that's potentially going to be joining. Whether it is Poch, or not Poch, whether it is Pep Guardiola, I don't know. But 
for me, I believe that Barca now needs to start thinking long-term, as you said, and they need to start thinking about who will replicate the essence of the Barca DNA and sign that person. Now, obviously, there was rumours about Xavi coming. Personally, Xavi might not be ready yet, you know, and he said, I'm not ready. And you know what? Fair play to him because there's managers that will just run and take the job. But he's thinking long term, whereas, you know, does it make sense for me to go there now? So, you know, I don't think he's ready. If he does join, I hope he does replicate that. But I don't want him to join yet. Do I have a manager in mind? Personally, no. I don't. Because when you think about managers out there that can replicate that Barcelona-esque football, there's not really many out there that you can think of. If if anything, I can't think there's of a couple. Any, so I'll, I'll let you speak about that. Um, but for me, I, I genuinely can't I think... think of um... Maybe Ten Hag and Nagelsmann are the only two that I can think of that could mm. possibly do it. Nagelsmann's young enough. Ten Hag, the Ajax manager. Might be, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And maybe even go go going to Ajax manager would be good. And then Nagelsmann, I think someone, he's he's young enough to, you know, be able to influence that team as well. I think his style of play idea. would be different, though. I, I'm talking about bringing in the Barcelona-esque type way because... That's what Barcelona need, and that's what they know. They need to revert back to their identity. Nagelsmann isn't someone that will, that knows about that, so I think he wouldn't be the right appointment. But the Ajax manager, I do agree. Someone that's from the Ajax academy or someone that's from or coaching Ajax will 100% know what it's like to manage Barcelona just because what Johan Cruyff brought to Barcelona, he brought to Ajax. So what you would have learned in Barcelona, you would learn in Ajax. So I agree with you in that sense, in terms of the Ajax coach being a person. But Julian, I don't know, because watching his style of play over the last couple of years, especially at Hoffenheim as well, is completely different. Um and I think for me, his style of play would mainly be better for the Premier League than for Barcelona. Um, but in terms of the Ajax guy, I 100% agree with you on that one. Um, do you believe um, that Real Madrid will retain the title? Or do you believe that, you know, Ronald Koeman might? summon his Cruyff powers and get Barcelona to win the league. I know they did lose lose El Clasico and, you know, those those El Clasico matches are the fine margins to determine who's gonna win the league. You know or do you think there will be a dark horse to win it? because um, I know at the top of the table there is someone on there. If I'm, it might be Real Sociedad. Yeah, they're um, first, and then Ibar is second, and then third yeah. is Madrid. Yeah, so who do you think is going to win the league? Um, in my personal opinion, um, it's going to be Ala Madrid. I think Madrid will probably still win it, but or another team. I don't think Barcelona's there yet. I feel like, as you said, they're in a transition with their manager as well and their players, and 
I feel uh, until they sort the messy problem or the messy conundrum, um, I think there's always going to be an issue there. So I feel like until they sort out their identity again and become more than a club like they used to be, then there's always going to be an issue in terms of getting results. Um, for Madrid, I think it just it's their main problem would be to get Hazard back to his firing best and to integrate some of their young talents. I mean, did you see what happened midweek with Madrid? Yeah, I did, yeah. They struggled yeah. again in the Champions League, but they managed to crawl it back. So at least yeah. they showed resilience. But yeah, I did watch it. It wasn't the same role Madrid at all. No, but did you see the, uh, the Benzema and... Um, yeah, Vinicius Jr. Yeah, you know what he said? Yeah, yeah you know what he, he said? said? Yeah, he said, don't, don't, um, don't pass to him because he's playing against us. And he said, on oh, my mother's. <laughs> on oh, my mother's, yeah. He's a fool for that. Look, big man to say on live TV to Mendy in French. <laughs> Imagine Courtois just standing there listening to this Ringo thinking, oh, this man is, <laughs> this man is ruthless. And Courtois knows as well because Courtois not, can speak French as well. French, yeah. So, so he knows as well. Hey, drips them out, don't play, but to be honest, he doesn't. It, <laughs> it probably might be the end for him. So, yeah. um, but these kind of things happening isn't a good look for Madrid either. And the way they've been playing in Champions League games, the way they've been struggling there, it's not been a good look for them. So, I, I don't know. This year's a bit interesting in sense because it could be the first time that someone completely different wins it. Because it does. Yeah, because I feel like with most of these leagues. You, at the start, you could see that the teams that were playing Champions League into the late stages or Europe League in the late stages, they're struggling with fitness. They never had a, a proper, what's it called? Pre-season. Pre-season. So you're seeing teams uh, struggle. I mean, Hazard seems to always come in like a fat man. He's, he seems to be eating, putting on the pounds every time that the football stops. Do you and think he should have went there? Um, he this went is your player. So do you think we should have left Chelsea to go there? We should have left Chelsea two, three years seasons earlier, if I was yeah. if I'm being honest. Cause the last couple yeah, the last couple seasons we weren't even in a title challenge like that, I think. I mean what well, well, Yeah, the season before, maybe the season before, the season before that, like the last time we won the Premier League, you should have left that at the end of that season. So Conte. Me, yeah, yeah. After yeah. Conte. Because for me, when it came to Sari Ball, it made, he did have his best stats, but at the same time, when it comes to his age, um, he, he was getting on a bit in age when he moved to Madrid and, and sometimes moved to a club too late. But I think he also led to his own downfall in the same, that he didn't didn't prepare for Madrid like like a Ronaldo would or like a player that wants yeah. to be successful. That's my issue with him. He could be he could be a top three talent, top three player in the world if he yeah. actually put his mind to it. But he he seems to like his food. He seems to like to be relaxed. I mean, I think it's this typical kind of Belgium style kind of player which they they relax on certain things. Like even when Kevin De Bruyne came back after the um uh what's it called the initial COVID period in terms of the restart last, he was he had the, a couple pounds on him as well. So. For me, I feel like it's just—I feel like he just doesn't have the mentality to make it at Madrid, in essence. So maybe it wasn't, but at the same time, a hundred million—you're not going to turn that down, considering yeah, his contract. And looking at it now, it, it seems like we um, we robbed them man blind. So yeah, for um, real, you did. It's, so, that's not the first time a Spanish team's been robbed. 
Yeah, exactly. So for me, I mean, it's it's up to him if he wants to if he wants to bring his name back. But I don't see I don't see it I don't see it unless he he actually trains hard and puts the work in and and has a manager that puts his arm around him and tells him to pattern up. Cause, yeah, because he can't be can't be keep coming back up. Because sure, on the early ages you can come back after a summer a bit overweight and you can pull it off. But these ages right now, he, he doesn't have the leeway to do it. It's like his metabolism has slowed in that, so he isn't he isn't the same like in terms of his metabolism stuff like that. So in terms of his fitness, he needs to work. He needs to be either hundred percent in fitness or he's gonna end up like a you know, R9 towards the end of his career, in which you're getting too big for your own good to the point in which you might as well retire at that point. Yeah, he's he's quite a frustrating player, um, especially when uh, they played a, a substantial amount of money for him. You're expected to, to, to reap the benefits to get the rewards. And right now, Eden Hazard hasn't, fulfilled the full season at Real Madrid, not even half a season at Real Madrid. It's quite yeah. concerning when he's been there for maybe two years now. So, you know, a player of his quality, I've, I've never said Hazard was generally world-class just because his numbers, for me personally, wasn't that great. But I believe he is 100% a special talent and whoever gets the best out of him can definitely benefit. And right now, Real Madrid, it's not like Real Madrid can't get the best out of him. Hazard can't get the best out of himself right now. And I think right now it starts from, from here. Yeah, it's a mentality thing, yeah. It's a mentality thing. And I, I feel like he needs to build his mentality and, and build the mental toughness before he can start impacting things on uh, on the pitch. Um, mm. And you made a great comparison. R9, exceptional, one of the greatest strikers of all time. But again, he was always battling here. And eventually he let himself go. And, you know, he had to retire early, unfortunately. Um, otherwise, he would have went down as single handedly. Well, he is an all time great anyway, but he would have no, been an all time great. You know He'd I mean? still be top World Cup scorer right now. Yeah, and we, you know, we don't want Hazard to replicate that same career because Hazard has a lot to give, and it's not bolding well that Real Madrid's best player isn't there, and I feel like he's impacting the team because, you know, Zidane is good, but you know, Zidane needs his his soldiers, and if your main yeah. soldier isn't there, then who, who can you rely on? Modric is so, getting old in age. Cruz is getting old in age. Benzema is getting old in age. Sergio Ramos, amazing, but he's getting old in age. You know, Varane is starting. His, his, his game is starting to, to decline a bit. We're not seeing the great Varane anymore. You know, Carvajal getting old in age. Their squad is probably Probably one of the eldest in that division. Yeah, you know, them are on transition. Yeah, you know, and and that was one of the questions I had. You know, what's going wrong with Real Madrid as well? Real Madrid always brought the best 
best guys out there to help that team. The Galacticals. Now, mm. you know, they're, they're bringing in Galacticals, but their Galacticals ain't that great. Or yeah, it's even starting. You know, it's, 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 and Zidane's having to rely on old guys that might be trustworthy, but I'm sorry, football is a young man's game right now. Yeah, you know and what it is. You you need you need you need to continually freshen your squad. And if yeah. he's not trusting the young players right now, going to the old squad, then it's gonna be difficult for him to replicate a strong season. And the signs was there from last season. I was surprised he managed to win the league anyway. But um, but yeah, go on with what you wanted to say. Uh, what I was going to say is, if you look at these like young talents, like the young ballers, and you look at the Spanish league now, I would say at the moment it's probably like the fourth best league to go to. Yeah. In terms of if you think about it, like you'd rather go England or Germany, and then I, I'd even say at the moment even um, Italy is starting to be above the Spanish league in terms of going to. Yeah, the quality play. is good now. It's coming up, especially yeah, with AC Milan turning the corner. Yeah, um, Inter, yeah. Juve, you know what I mean, and and especially German football for young for the for the young, you know, the young talents that used to go, want to go to Madrid or Barca, they're now going to Dortmund or a Leipzig or even Bayern Munich because German league is a great league for for youth development now. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. just the Dutch; the German league is really good. Like you, you see it like when Jaden Sancho, the Harlands, they look at these teams and then they're like, "No, nah, I'm not going to go to Madrid yet because." And and Madrid and Barca still have the name factor, but if you look at their teams, their squads, their football style, they're just not the same. They're not the same as they were 10, 15 years ago. And and it's it's football's always a changing current. Like there was a point where Italian football back in the nineties was the top of the top. And then it was the Spanish, and then now it's looking like German and England football are the are the ones battling for supremacy. And I feel like the other thing is the money factor. The English Premier League is making so much money. Like Spanish La Liga isn't watched at all. Like barely people. Like I didn't even watch. Um, I didn't even end up watching Classico because I didn't find any interest in it. But I, I'd rather watch a Wolves versus Leeds than a Barcelona or a Real Madrid. Mm. And I feel like if you ch- check fans around the world, they'd rather watch the Premier League first, then the Bundesliga, then maybe Italy, and then look at Spain or France. And it's becoming. The point in which, and you know what the biggest problem is, the allocation of wealth in terms of TV deals, they haven't allowed other teams to to prosper. Like if you look at the Premier League system, every team gets money. So the league gets more competitive, meaning it's more watchable TV. Like the, that's why the championship is heralded so much because how competitive it is. But if you look at La Liga, it's not that competitive. It's just Barca, Madrid, Barca, Madrid, Atletico, Barca, Madrid, Barca, Madrid, and then and then, and then you wonder why people aren't watching the league. Tip players aren't want to go there because it's not competitive. If you want a quick league, then yeah, go there. But it's just not the same a law for these young men. Yeah, I feel like these young men want to be in a competitive league. Want to be um, in a place where they're more comfortable in essence and around other young players. And if you see what Benzema's doing and and saying don't pass to this <laughs> young man and stuff like that, if you see that and you look at it and then you're like. Why would I come to that team? If yeah. That's what they're gonna do. Messi's stifling young talent. Um, you look at the top echelon of Real Madrid players; their stuff stifling young talent as well. So, as a young player, 
it doesn't make sense to me to go to Madrid or Barca at this point, especially if I'm an attacking player and I see what Benzema and Messi are doing. I'm like, London, man, I'll go uh, Dortmund or I'll go Bayern or I'll go to even go to the Premier League to, to Wolves or something that are promoting these young players, like giving players like you look at Wolves, fam, they're coming like mini Portugal. Like these Portuguese guys that would go to Barca and Madrid are coming to Wolves now. Yeah. These French Donnies that would go to this, like, the, the, the cream of the crop young talent is either going Germany or England. They're not going Spain anymore. And that's the difference. I mean, weather used to be a factor, but now that's not the only factor. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. That's true. I want to close on, um, on uh, a quick one before I don't have um, our um, predictions. I didn't have the time to put my predictions or our predictions on the iPad. But if you've got your phone in, you can just read out the predictions um, uh, and, and, and go from there. Um, but I do want to close and, and ask you, who is your uh, favourite Spanish team? For me, it's always been Halo Madrid. I've got the shirt on. And I've always had a, a also affiliation with uh, Valencia in the past. I've liked their teams. Obviously, I have a little love for the Yellow Submarines or Real as well. And, and and in modern times, for me, the team that I like to watch and and, and consistently think, you know, there's something different. It's Sevilla. Sevilla nowadays, the structure they play with, the style, back to back Europa leagues. I think there's something to to look at. For, for smaller teams as, you know, take the Europe League seriously and, and it could lead to a bit bigger and better things. Mm. But yeah, for me, it's always been Real Madrid. I've always liked the Galacticos. As I said, I hate Barcelona, UEFA Lona. So for me, them doing bad right now, that's not a big deal to me, man. You know, yeah. on, on, honestly, on my bias, you know, my bias here shall be like, yeah, yeah, keep Messi, let him stifle them talents. Let them be bombed for the next five to ten years. That's not going to do me any harm. I don't want to see them in the quarterfinals or semi-finals in Champions League anytime soon. The referees in their pay packet. But um, for for Madrid, um, yeah, man, uh, R nine, uh, Kaká, Zidane, Figo, Beckham, Owen, Casillas in goal, like the team, Marcelo, even Roberto Carlos, like the players that they had, like. Even though that period they weren't successful, it's just watching all those players play together. Some of the stuff they did was absolutely beautiful. And that's what I I love about this. It's the beautiful game for a reason. And watching them kind of man made me love Madrid. Um, I've always had, um, I always had a respect for Barca, but it was, it was just Madrid for me. It was just Madrid for me, man. I'm an R9 man. Uh, I'm R9 over Ronaldinho for me, man, because. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Ronaldinho was the trickster, but R9 was the gun, man. And you, you give him the ball and there's only one thing happening. Mm. So, yeah. I was the complete opposite. Uh, I liked Barcelona just because of uh, Ronaldinho. Um, everyone knows my, my love for Ronaldinho, so I don't need to go into that. But um, I liked Barcelona, not just because of Ronaldinho, but I liked Barcelona. <clears throat> during the um, Pep Guardiola phase, um, I think the football that they played was just revolutionary. Um, and it was just something just to be amazed about. Um, were they my favourite team? No. Um, I just liked them just 
just off of the back of footballing. So do I have a, a soft spot for a team? Yeah. Uh, Atletico Madrid, you know, that team I will always have a soft spot for. Just because, again, I said that I'm a true believer in the underdog and they were the underdog who eventually became champion. You know, they were able to break the monopoly one time of the Barcelona and Real Madrid dominance and they snuck in there and won it. And again, they produced one of one of my favourite Champions League finals. You know, them against Real Madrid was just was just amazing. It was great. But not just Atletico, the man himself, Diego Simeone, I'm a huge fan of. You know, I loved his tactics leading up to, you know, winning the league and the Champions League final. You know, I, I watched Atletico Madrid and I loved the way how they played. You know, it was just so great defensively sound or black I hope someone grabs that guy because he is a beast he's a monster you know the midfield knew what they were doing the wingers the wide men knew what they were doing they had a job to do the two forwards were just interchangeable you know and they were just aggressive and in your face they didn't let you breathe on the ball and it was a style that was just so irritating for the opposition, for the opponents, that it was just great for me to see. Um, so, yeah, so Atletico Madrid, I will always have a soft spot for, which is why I feel so passionately about Diego Simeone leaving, so that his, his reputation doesn't get ruined. You know, there was that quote in The Dark Knight about... What what was it? Sometimes you live, live long enough for what was it? For oh, what you mean? The bad guy when what, you uh, end up what? being a bad guy. What was yeah, it you start off. You, yeah, you start off being a hero. You live long enough to become the villain. Exactly, and that there is gonna be Diego Simeone if he does not leave that club. Yeah, uh, because he literally was a hero. But eventually, now things aren't going his way. He eventually is turning into a villain very soon. So, um, but yeah, that that's my soft spot. Um, but yeah, uh, Marjorie, if you can uh, read off our uh, predictions for the weekend, and then yeah, we we will close. What, what all all four all four of us or just all me? four of us? Yeah, all four of us. Um, obviously, I got the Wolves prediction wrong. I, I believe someone got it right. I, I think two got I it right. Who said? Shin. Alan and Alan and Shin got two nil. Fantastic. Good on them. So so, yeah, right. so yeah. Over to you. I'll go. Through, I'll go through Alan's first. Um, mm-hmm. Alan went two nil Wolves against Palace. Um, Sheffield United won, Man City won. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Burnley nil, Chelsea two. So he has faith in the Blues. Liverpool two, West Ham one. So he thinks it's going to be a close one. Um, Aston Villa and Southampton one one. He's thinking a draw for that game. Who knows? I mean, they got both got uh, players that can make a difference. But I don't I know about that. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle nil, Everton two. Ooh. Disrespecting Newcastle fan, man like Callum Wilson. Anyway, um, <laughs> Man United 3, Arsenal 1. So yeah, he obviously he backed his team. You always mm-hmm. got to do that. Of course. So, 3, Brighton 0. Okay, so Malpay and them man are getting spanked by, by, uh, by Spurs and the Smyrna Bowl. 
and then Fulham won, West Brom won, so a ball draw, and then a Leeds 1-0 against Leicester. I don't That's know about I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, I'm expecting goals in that game. Yeah, for real. Okay, uh, for me, obviously, I pr- predicted Wolves 2, Crystal Palace 1. Crystal Palace couldn't get me that goal, or Wolves couldn't score a third. One then, man. Anyway, <laughs> Sheffield United uh, nil, Man City 3. I think Man City are going to win this comfortably. I think Sheffield United have been sussed out and will get relegated. Um, Burnley nil, Chelsea 2. Um, uh, for me, Chelsea, it just depends who we play. If Mark's on the wing, then you know, all bets are off. Uh, Liverpool 2, West Ham 1. I think it's going to be a close one as well. Obviously, no Fabinho, no Van Dijk. I mean, West Ham don't have Antonio, so this is up in the air. It depends on what teams show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Villa and Southampton 2-2. I think it's going to be goals on both sides, but I don't. I, I think they're just going to cancel each other out. Uh, Newcastle 1, Everton 3. I think Newcastle will score a goal, but I think Everton will have too much for them and they'll bounce back from the defeat. And uh, I'm I'm expecting a Hammers masterclass. Man U four Arsenal nil. Um, I backed Arsenal last weekend. They let me down, so I'm never backing them again. So I'm I'm only backing yes, you learned your lesson. Yes, <laughs> never backing the man again. How they lose to Leicester? Whatever, man. I told you though. I did warn you. Listen, you know I, I'm gonna have a party after party if they lose, man. I don't care. Two nil, three nil. I don't even care, man. I don't care. I just want to get. Um, Tottenham free Brighton one, Mopay to score one, and then Tottenham to come in and you know do the business. Okay. Fulham West Brom uh, nil nil. Uh, they're both relegated anyway, so who cares? <laughs> uh, Leeds three, Leicester two. Uh, it's going to be lots of goals, but I think Leeds will just have too much. Bielsa will Brendan Rodgers is um, dead food compared to Bielsa, so I think he will just suss him out a little bit, and they will just have the edge. Okay. And now for Chins. Uh, Chins has Wolves to Crystal Palace nil. So unlike him and Alan, they both got a big four points tonight. Um, you know, they're not here to gloat in it, but you know, man, they man. Uh, Sheffield United nil, Man City three. <laughs> so he's expecting Man City to spank them, man. Burnley nil, Chelsea three. Oh, he has too much faith in us. He thinks we're going to go and score three. Should have thought about that again. Liverpool two, West Ham two. Oh, he's asking for a draw. He's thinking West. West Ham without Antonio is going to get the draw, going to nick it in the end. Okay. He's just being a hater because his team's dead. <laughs> Aston Villa nil, Southampton won. So he's expecting Danny Ings just to pop up with a late last minute winner kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Newcastle won, Everton two. So he's expecting Everton to win again. I mean, it's a close one though. He's expecting a closer game. So he's expecting <laughs> Nick and Tuck. Uh, Manu two, Arsenal nil. Oh wow, he, he didn't back his team. I mean, I'm actually surprised at that wow. one. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, even, even if I think my team's gonna lose, <laughs> I'll still back them. Hey, man, Chins, back your man, back your man, fam. It's, it's party after party. It's party after. You come on, you want the party started? <laughs> anyway, Tottenham three, Brighton nil. No. Oh wow, wow, back to back results. He's he's saying Arsenal's gonna lose and Tottenham's gonna win. Is he really an Arsenal fan? That's the I question we've got to ask the people. I know. Uh, Fulham one, West Brom two. Ooh, he's asking. He's thinking West Brom's gonna nick it. I mean, I don't know who's gonna nick it for them. I don't really, I don't really care about either of these squads, man. They're relegated anyway. Uh, Leeds nil, Leicester three. Wow, he's expecting Brendan Rodgers to come to Leeds to big Ellen Road and, and get the three nil. 
I mean, he is an Arsenal fan, and I want to know what he's smoking with that result. But you know. <laughs> and then finally, you, uh, Luke, uh, uh, you got this one wrong. You, you thought Palace was going to win two one. So do you know? Do you know why? Because uh, we, you've always said it, and I've already always agreed with you in the sense where Wolves only turns up in the second half, but Palace knows how to turn up in the first half. So yeah. if, if Palace get it right, you know, it, it's a win-win. But from what I've seen, they scored two goals early and I believe Palace was also down to 10 men. They, yeah, yeah, they lost a guy in the last minute. So like... Yeah, so like, yeah, obviously I, I, I got it wrong. But just because of those two factors, I think yeah. Palace would win. But, you know, I'm, I'm never backing uh, Roy Hodgson again with flipping carrot. <laughs> I don't know why you're back in the old man fam. The only old that you should be back in is OVO from October's very own. Let's go. Anyway, <laughs> Sheffield United one, Man City three. So you expected Man City to win one? So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon. I reckon Sheffield will, will still get a goal, but um, yeah, I, I still think Man City will win. Man, it's Man City. Uh, those freak random results like West Ham, they come once in a blue moon. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Leeds, but I still feel Man City has enough in the tank. And then same result, only one Chelsea free, so you expect a similar result in that game. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea. I have no no beef with Chelsea. Uh, my only beef is uh, I just feel sorry for Lampard if if you lot don't win nothing because you guys put so much pressure on him with these amount of signings that. He's expected to win something now. So I just feel sorry for him in that sense. But I will always back Chelsea because they've got the attackers, attacking players. Even if your defence is shocking, you still have the attacking players to make it work. Um, and in re- in response to saying Burnley will get the one goal, again, it goes back to me just saying your defence is still shocking regardless. So, yeah. And then you went for your team to win 2-0 against West Ham? Yeah, I, I back my boys to get a clean sheet. Uh, in the last couple games now, we've had a clean sheet, so I will. I'll back my boys to get a clean. Yeah, sheet. they got no, no Antonio to score them overhead kicks and that. Exactly, sort of, you know? and Antonio has been a threat against the top six, and he ain't playing no more yeah. for a good while. So yeah, I expect us to get a clean sheet. And then you went Villa one, Southampton one. I think this is going to be a draw. Um, I think Aston Villa let me down last week. Southampton let me down last week as well. So I believe it will be a draw. Um, they've both got decent forwards. But yeah, it's just going to be one of those those boring-ass matches. Mm. And then you've got uh, Newcastle Everton free. So you're expecting a way with Everton? Yeah, 100%. Man. I, I, nothing against Newcastle, but Steve Bruce and Newcastle is hitting this. And... Everton will always be on form just because James Rodriguez is back now and, and Dominic Calvert Lewin is, 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 is firing right now. He's, he's England's best striker at the moment, along with Rashford. Um, so yeah, I, I go back Everton. And you expected Manny to pam Arsenal 3 0? Yeah, you know, it's going to pam them. Um, I have no faith or confidence in Arsenal. Um, not just because I'm a, I'm a hater, I'm not a hater, but it's just known facts right now. They're oh. struggling this season, um, especially in the Premier League. They're struggling to find goals, obviously, with Aubameyang 
He's not scoring. Yeah. Their defence, I don't trust their defence. Their midfield party can only do so much and they're lacking creativity. United right now hit RB Leipzig with five at the right time when they're facing Arsenal this weekend. So confidence is high in that team. So I'm I'm expecting a panic. Yeah, so none of us back to Nicol Pulis. No problem. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you went Tottenham to win 2-1 against Brighton. Yeah, I I believe Brighton is one of them teams that can still snatch a a cheeky goal against a, a top team. So... And I'm, I can, uh, as much as Tottenham lost against a team called Ant, I still think they'll still score. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as Mourinho said, it's my French players. I know what to do now. I know to pick, as he said. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I was not. Yeah, man took about 11 a.m. morning training next day. <laughs> let's, let's just hope that that comment doesn't backfire on him and, and, and the team doesn't go against him. So, yeah. No, that's what he's saying is Deli Ali is going in January, fam. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> you went for Fulham one, West Ham one. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a boring, boring match. Yeah, um, the relegation fodder, and then uh, last but not least, leads to Leicester. Two, you expecting a score draw? Yes, I believe with uh, Leicester's inconsistency at the back and um, Leeds inconsistency at the back. Um, Leeds are very good in attack, but I've noticed when it does come against certain teams, sometimes they drop their heads. True. Um, so I, I do, I do like Leeds a lot, and I've, I've always said for years I've wanted them in a prem. But right now, this is this is a season for them where they're gaining experience, and when it comes against certain teams, as I said, their heads do drop. Yeah. So, I do feel like they will have confidence, but I will feel like Leicester will score goals, especially if Jamie Vardy's on song. But I don't think they're going to give up. So Is Vardy um, fully fit? Uh, they were in the Europa League. I didn't watch the Europa League match to see if Vardy came on the bench or, or he started. Did he start? I'm not sure. Let me, let me quickly check this for you. Because if if he did start, then yes, he is. Fit. If he didn't start, then it might mean that they rested him for the Leeds game. Um, but yeah, yeah I believe he, this match is going to be a draw, hundred percent. Because he didn't, he didn't play that much against Arsenal. Let's see, AEK Athens. Yeah, that was that's the match. He's, yeah, he started. He's, he started. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he'll he'll start against Leeds for sure. So yeah. Okay, so on that note, as always, um, may the best man win. Um, you know, right now you're leading. <sighs> oh, yeah, Alan is now close behind with that big four points. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we, need, we need someone to catch up to that's the damn yeah. shit. We can't have uh, the it. So, and um, uh, Chins finally woke up, he got himself four points as well, so he yeah, finally so started to I'm play. At, now I'm at the bottom, so I actually need to. Get a couple decent score score lines uh, for me to peg peg it back, take it home. Um, but yeah, um, we're gonna leave on that note. Um, yeah, man. Back again, hopefully with the four of us this time. Um, on Tuesday, uh, nine p.m. Um, not sure what the topic will be. Uh, most likely will be Syria or 
fit, fit his time that we need across the division. So, um, and then we will. Oh, Italy. Yes, gonna touch touch Italy. I think it's the right time to touch Italy because uh, yeah. Ronaldo just recovered from COVID now. So, what, what the second time, the second that he yeah, so again. He, yeah, so he he got tested negative now, so I think he oh, will good. be able to play. So. I think now's a good time to talk about Sierra R because it will yeah. not we we can now discuss can Ronaldo help Juventus now. Um because they desperately need him. So yeah, yeah so Tuesday, nine PM, everyone tune in. We're talking about Italian football and we will be reviewing um this week's um Premier League results and talking about who is where on the fantasy football. It's your boy, Luke. Signing out. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Margie, tell them what's coming up on your show. Uh yeah, man, it's Abdullah Show Introverted Healer. A third episode's gonna come out this weekend. Um the first two were on life, death, the third's gonna be on religion. You know, it's just about real topics. So if you want something different, you know, take your mind off sports tip. If your team's losing, you're having a bad day, you want to do something just a bit, you know, a bit more smoother, quick fit, quick bites, then yeah, come and check my show out. And yeah, man, um, Gonna look forward to next week's episode. Hopefully, I'm still top of the table. Who knows? Um, I got my one point so far, but you know, I need more. So I'm gonna need these teams to start patting up and, and start actually listening to me, fam. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, materialize this win again. I want to be on top of the table three weeks in a row. You know, because W's only around here, baby. And yeah, man, it's another great show. Of course. Um. Yeah. Again, to piggyback off what uh, Marjorie said. Um, everyone go watch the show. Um, it will be in the description below as well as, um, our predicted results for the final uh, fantasy football. So check on that as well. But yeah, check his show. There's some deep stuff. Um, if you really want inspirational stuff, then go on, listen to what he has to say. He's speaking about his experience as well. Um, so yeah, um, support the show, this show and support the show. Like, share subscribe. Peace out everyone. Peace.